so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series on Disney XD. And today we're going to be talking about droids in distress. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt, the crankster, cranky. And on the other side of the podcast table is your host and creator, Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? We're back. Hey, yeah, back for the uh, second Third, I, <laughs> I don't know. D- debate like, let's that. just randomly yeah. call it the fourth episode. I yeah. So we're back for uh, you know we will uh, by our numbering system. This is our second episode of Rebels, so this is the technically the third episode of Star Wars Rebels, but our yes. second episode of the Rebels podcast. Right. Um, to talk about what is a pretty solid episode, I think. Yeah, uh, I got pretty good. Going into it, I remember saying something last week about, oh, droids already, you know, in, in the series. And we know how droid episodes have, have gone in the past with the Clone Wars. But we're talking Rebels here, and uh, we got Greg Weissman writing this particular episode. And uh, pretty, you know, not necessarily surprising, but I had a great time with this episode. So, uh, But before we do that, Mike, just, just a couple things in the news. So, you know what, let's um, just talk about it. Two of the biggest things that are going on in Rebels right now. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by Rebel spies. Rebel base in range. You rebel scum. Couldn't let that wait till the end, Mike. I had to play that. <laughs> hey, uh, I know. Check this out, though. But look at what's going on in Rebels news. Can you believe it? I mean, when I we first got this news, Mike, of the Rebels TV show, the first thing I thought, and a lot of people thought, was, "Wow, we're going to see original trilogy characters coming into the show." And of yeah. course, I always thought, "Man, how cool it to be see, to to see Darth Vader." And we're going to see that already. Can you believe yeah. this? October twenty sixth, Sunday, Easy. we're getting a special edition of uh i guess it's the spark of rebellion yeah and uh darth vader is making an appearance with james earl jones doing the voice are you kidding me yeah oh you got the best of everything here man what do you think about that mike uh i think it's a very interesting very interesting turn of events to have uh i mean there was a lot of speculation when uh when star wars rebels was announced about where it would end up and what it would end up being um and uh, and there was a lot of people talking like, oh, maybe it'll end up being on ABC. Yeah. 
obviously it's on Disney XD, but it it started its its life on the Disney Channel or up here in Canada on the Family Channel, um, and uh, and then has uh, moved over to Disney XD. But I think that the the reaction and the numbers that they got from the first episode, I mm-hmm. uh, I think is it's motivating this decision to to do this special release. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I don't know. I think that they might be testing the waters. Yeah. They may also be trying to to just sort of like net some more people and get them over to Disney XD. Um, I don't know how it is for you guys down there. I'm sure it's different for everybody in different uh, different communities, um, different different uh, areas. But uh, up here in Canada, uh, we have basically like TV package bundles, and uh, Disney XD is just part of a kids family entertainment bundle. Mm-hmm. So uh, Family Channel, which is our version of the Disney Channel up here, uh, Disney XD, Cartoon Network. Uh, Teletoon, which is our own version of Cartoon Network, and, and a few other stations, are all bundled together with Disney XD. So if you've got Family Channel, you have Disney XD already. There's not really much incentive in getting you to switch or or pick it up or whatever. Uh, most people, I mean, you can buy them a la carte, but mm-hmm. but uh, but most people are going to do the package thing, right? So I, I I don't but I don't know how it is down there. I think for you guys it's more segmented, right? Like, uh, it's sort of like you can purchase individual channels. Right. So uh, maybe not as many people have Disney XD, uh, you know, uh, in, in their area. Mm-hmm. Um, or not necessarily not in their area, but not, uh, I don't know, like by default almost. Because we basically have it by default mm-hmm. um, uh, on, on my cable package. So I think that this is just... Uh, it's it's either them testing the waters to see if they're gonna if if there's room for this show on ABC. Um, I think it would actually make a make a lot of sense to throw this on a Sunday night mm-hmm. on ABC uh, right before Once Upon a Time, um, which I'm pretty sure airs at eight o'clock on Sundays. Um, I don't know because I, I you know uh, DVR it and watch it later, but um, <laughs> yeah. but I think actually the shows would kind of go really well together because this is i think i do think that rebels even more so than clone wars is very family friendly it's very family oriented Mm -hmm. uh and when i say that i don't mean that you know it's for kids i mean that it is for the whole family you know like a good pixar movie or or a lot of what disney has been doing lately i think it's just it's geared towards everybody right it's got something for everyone so yeah um i mean it's even got a little bit of an intriguing romance in it. Uh, like that <laughs> yeah. is something that that uh, you know we're not really used to in our Star Wars. There's yeah. there's outright you know sort of over the top romance in some of the Star Wars, but I uh, this whole this whole you know sort of underlying tone with with uh, Kanan and Hera is <clears throat> is really interesting, and I think it's it's going to pull in some extra people. So I think that. Throwing it in this time slot of 7 p.m. on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which is that time slot of right before Once Upon a Time, I, I think that they're they're honestly testing it out. I think they're 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 gonna take a look and see like, oh, is this something that we could do? Because 
guess what would be the best one-two punch? Because they already have another computer-animated Star Wars series that's very family-oriented and would go perfect on a Sunday night. And it's already in the can. I, I'm pretty sure that, that, that they had said that there were already three seasons ready to go. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, and that's Star Wars Detours, Detours right? And, right. and yeah. I mean, can you imagine if, if next season uh, we came back and they were like, yeah, so Star Wars Rebels uh, at 7.30 and before that, Star Wars Detours, right? Back to back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and then Once Upon a Time, right? Uh, I, I think that that would be a pretty crazy two-hour block and you know what it reminds me of is the wonderful world of disney which is something that abc used to do when i was a kid right. they don't do it anymore <clears throat> and i feel like tv is missing that because we've got all these 24-hour channels mm-hmm. where you can just you know throw cartoons on at any time but there used to, that used to be a thing right a lot like tgif sunday nights wonderful world of disney was a reason for the whole family to sit around the tv and and uh, and be a family, right? And and hang out together for a change. Yeah. Um, and I think that that Disney and ABC are probably looking for a good excuse to do something like that again. So, well, you know what's funny is too is that, is I think that like you could you could see people of the older generation going, "Whoa, uh, Darth Vader is going to be in in a in this particular episode. I, I got to watch this." You know, yeah. somebody who might not. <clears throat> otherwise watch this and yeah like you said you're talking about abc which is a, basically a free channel i mean as long as you have rabbit ears you can pull this yeah. in so it's not like you have to have cable or anything so this is going to be a huge uh, you know a huge wide audience and uh what feloni had stated about it was he wanted to do something special for the broadcast so they added a scene which gives audiences insight into the inquisitor and includes a cameo by Darth Vader, voiced by James Earl Jones. So we're getting a cameo, and I don't know how much of... Uh, he's he's going to have some lines, probably not too many, because he said just a cameo. So this should be interesting. And, uh, and Inquisitor is one of the guys that I've been really uh, anxious to see his story. And, and now with this Darth Vader scene, we're going we're gonna to get something here. So, yeah, this is just it just blew me away when I saw that, and there was rumors going around, and then to actually have confirmation, it's like, wow, this is... That's exactly what I wanted this show to do was to bring yeah. in some of these some of these things. So that's great news. So that is Sunday, October twenty sixth. So that's that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, last thing before we head on to the recap, Mike, uh, we just talked about Greg Weissman last week and how yeah. you know he's he's leaving. Well, he's not done with Star Wars though. <laughs> he's writing a Caden comic that is going to be released in April of twenty fifteen. So uh, I guess it's going to be telling the story of. A young Kanan as he was a Padawan, and um, it says uh, we'll see him survive Order sixty six and be on the run from the Empire. So mm-hmm. uh, that should be pretty cool to see what's going on and how he survived the Jedi Purge, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought that this is the sort of thing that we would be maybe uh, investigating, yeah, revealing through the show. Uh-huh. But, yeah, uh, but very interesting that it's going to be coming in comic book form. Uh, more interesting that Greg Weissman will be the one writing it. Now, they use future tense here, mm-hmm. but this comic is coming in April, which means that uh, in order to have the proper lead times and everything, I would bet you anything, this is already written. Yeah, he's already done. Uh, yeah, yeah it, like his his part in this is, is done, because 
most news stories talk about it that like the first part of this story <clears throat> is is written by Greg Weissman and uh, and they don't know who's going to be writing you know sort of the mm-hmm. the the fall I think it might be he might have written the first six issues for four or six issues I might have to jump into one of the news stories to yeah. to confirm that but um, something like the basically the first arc. And uh, and then they nobody's sure who's going to be writing the the next arc. Um, my money, I, if I were a betting man, which I am not, but if I were, would be on Henry Gilroy mm-hmm. for the next the next yeah. four to six issues, whatever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I an interesting turn of events, but I don't think that this actually says anything about Weissman's status with. Star mm. Wars Rebels. I think he's. I think he has left the project. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that we'll be hearing many more stories with his name in it. Right. After yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those of you, those of you that uh, I guess like myself that were wondering what happened, um, I guess like you said, we really probably don't know. But I, yeah. and I don't think this has anything to do with it. It's just something that like, like you said, you know, they've done. This has already been done. And uh, but it's cool to see him kind of finish out yeah, his, I, his you know tenure in star wars with a with a comic like this and yeah with him, so. i am excited for it um mm-hmm. I, I talked about it a little bit last week new dawn uh was a very interesting look into the character mm-hmm. and uh and i'd like to see how he got there yeah so um you know i one thing that star wars comics tend to lack in is writing um the art can sometimes be fantastic. It can sometimes be atrocious, but uh, you can pretty much count on the writing being lackluster. Uh, that Darth Maul comic to, that was supposed to fill in the gaps and sort out Darth Maul's character and give us some some closure on his story in the Clone Wars did no such thing. Uh, it actually opened it up even more. <laughs> I basically I, I heard that too because I haven't finished it I, and I heard it just like he's spoiler alert but I'm a, yeah. I, I think he's still alive right yeah he's still alive yeah, the, so the end of the comic way. is basically just him back in the position that he was in before the end of that arc in season yeah. 5 yeah. so um, I mean like that's I, that said I am reading the Brian Wood Star Wars comics right now yeah. and, uh, and and they're pretty good yeah. Uh, they're 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 decent. They're not the best, but they're they're decent. They're they're serviceable, fun stories. Um, I'm interested to see what Marvel's gonna do with Star Wars. I'm interested to read the the Leia centric comic. Um, mm-hmm. Although that's what the Star Wars ongoing with Dark Horse was basically. So it was pretty much all about Princess Leia. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm interested to see this comic in particular. Because Greg Weissman is a good writer, so that means that these comics will probably be pretty good. Yeah. That this this will actually be a, a decent series. Um, I haven't decided whether or not I'm going to pick it up in issues or if I'll pick it up trade. as a, yeah as as a trade. But mm. um, you know, sort of wait and and get it then. Um, but I don't know. Part of me really wants to just go whole hog with uh, with this Star Wars stuff with Marvel and to support them because Marvel is doing awesome stuff with their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of I kind of want to go all in and get all of the series, but 
I've been burnt with that kind of thinking before. So uh, comics are a tricky thing because you pay $5 a month basically for issues or you can wait and you can get six issues collected into one trade paperback for $17.99. And obviously the the financial side of that is wait, (laughs) right? (laughs) But I'm thinking Dark Horse and and who knows how much they're going to be with Marvel. They might be $2.99 with Marvel. So Mm -hmm. that's a... That's a pretty significant difference, but yeah, man, they are three ninety nine to four ninety nine with Dark Horse, which has always been annoying to me. So, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be like that. And, and you mentioned those yeah. other those other Star Wars comics. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to them. Some of the writers yeah. that they're that they're getting for that, and a couple of the artists. Wow. Oh um, yeah, I mean really the, cool the, the 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 Dodson's working on a mm-hmm. Princess Leia book. Mm-hmm. That is everything that's everything that's yeah. it's perfection that's it's genius yeah they did one of my favorite runs on wonder woman so uh so i'm i am super excited about that yeah well let's get uh you ready to hit the uh recap mike yeah let's jump into all it all right jedi master luminata and julia he's been in prison somewhere in the stygian system we can't pass this up use the force ezra your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right, here we go. Let's go with droids in distress. After a close call with some TIE fighters, the ghost escapes into hyperspace. The crew is low on food and fuel and unsure of what to do next. Kanan suggests they take up Sicatro Visago on a standing offer to steal steal a weapons shipment. Though they don't know exactly what kind of arms they'll be standing for the crime lord. They arrive at a spaceport and board a star commuter shuttle. Per Kanan's plan, they pretend to be strangers. Sabine and Zeb sit behind an Imperial, Minister Meketh Tua, and her Aqualish companion, Amda Wabo. Frustrated with their language barrier, Tua calls for a translator, a droid named C-3PO. He boards the shuttle with his counterpart, R2-D2. The shuttle, piloted by RX-24, is bound for Garrow. So, Mike, as we start this particular episode... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're jumping right into the fight, and I'm immediately reminded of uh, as the ghost is being chased by the TIE fighters and the Star Destroyer. You know, it's kind of reminiscent of the opening of A New Hope, and I got that vibe. And this this whole episode, and you know what, this series so far is so deep in in so many callbacks and and homages, and 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 not just to the movies, but but like everything. I mean, we're going to get into like Star Tours right here. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, just before we get to that, though, in this opening, too, it, it also tells us what's going on with this team. Now, they're not just oh, going around having a good time getting this Rebel Alliance started. They're, you know, they're, they are mercenaries. They're rebels. They are, you know, they, like I said, they're low on fu- food. They're low on fuel. They need supplies. They need explosives. So, you know, this is like their livelihood right now. And, and, and it kind of sets up how this team has been going the last few however long they've been together and how they're going to go maybe the rest of the time is, is it's going to be just here and there, you know, live as they go and, and, and whatever. So, and then of course we get to the, the shuttle, which is, 
a little different than we're seeing from Star Tours, right, Mike? But it's piloted by yeah. by Rex from Star yeah. Tours and even voiced. I, I didn't know this, Mike, until I watched the behind the scenes. It is voiced by Paul Rubens. Yeah, the I original no idea. voice of Captain Rex. The original. <laughs> the original Captain, Captain Rex. Rex, yeah. Yeah. He changed his voice a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's this thing is just loaded with so many callbacks in this particular episode, Mike. But oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I from the the designs of of some of the characters. I mean, there's one guy on the shuttle. Oh who, yeah, who yeah. looks just like the original concept art. Right. For I uh, for I uh, basically uh, when Obi Wan and Luke were kind of the same character. Mm-hmm. Um, when General Skywalker, I uh, basically looks exactly like him. Um, the the guy sitting right behind Zeb, uh, and right, uh, right. even 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 the 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 woman, the interpreter, she's kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, similar, and uh, the 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 Ponda Baba, the the um, what kind of what Aqualish, yeah. um, mm-hmm. he he's his outfit like. I love how 1970s sci-fi <laughs> yeah. all of the characters look because that was one thing about the prequels and of course about Clone Wars that was always missing a little bit. It all, it all had that 90 and like late 90s early 2000s uh, sort of uh, um, costume design. In particular, the thing that I hate the most about sci-fi these days um, is is this whole like everybody just wears moo-moos in 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 science fiction? Mm-hmm. They either wear like like uh, uh, spandex bodysuits or or like just a big dress, right? Uh, and and I don't. It just like you look at like Chancellor Palpatine and Jar Jar and and so many characters, and I just feel like they looked like like I, other people. I think love those costume designs. But I think that they're just super lazy, personally. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I look at a character like Bail Organa, not to jump ahead, uh, but like in in the the prequels, and I wish that more characters had been designed like he was in Episode Three. Mm-hmm. Um, his his outfit felt a lot more sci-fi to me, and I think that's because they were trying to be a little bit more reminiscent of A New Hope with Bail when they were designing him mm-hmm. uh, for the prequels. And and what we see in in Rebels is even more of that. I mean, they're they're pulling right from Ralph McQuarrie's art, right? Um, uh, which is something that we saw from time to time, yeah. In yeah. in uh, Clone Wars, but we are seeing multiple characters. I mean, so many of the characters in the main main cast have callbacks to a lot of Ralph McQuarrie art, but um, but it, every episode of rebels is going to have just be chock full of these characters that, mm-hmm. that look like they come right out of his right out of Ralph McQuarrie's concept art. And I love it. I, it, it, it makes it feel so much more like star Wars, so much more like, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, the original star Wars. Right. Um, and that almost star speeder, almost, it's just <laughs> about the star speeder 3000 yeah. or what well, it's, Maybe the, the three thousand might be the new one from the from from the the revamp. I mean, they're basically the same thing. But um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I it, just so many so many nods right off the bat in yeah. this episode. Right off the bat, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we got some more coming. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, it takes off and hits light speed. 
though the journey is not a long one. Uh, through C-3PO, Wabo expresses his gratitude that Tua is accompanying him to Garrel. Uh, but their conversation is interrupted by Chopper and Ezra, who bicker and argue, and the droid eventually zaps the boy with an electrical charge. Kanan complains to RX-24, who informs Ezra that he'll have to take Chopper to the back of the craft. Ezra demands that if his droid has to leave, so do R2 and 3PO. Despite the minister's protests, all droids are sent to the rear of the shuttle. Wabo continues to talk to Tua, but she doesn't understand a word. Sabine inches forward, claiming to be a level 5 Imperial Academy student, and able to translate Aqualish. C-3PO claims that this development may upset their true mission, which causes R2-D2 to quickly shush his friend with a hard knock. In response, Chopper bumps into R2, defending the gold droid. You see R2, he says, here is an astromech that understands etiquette. Uh, with Sabine translating, Tua asks Wabo where a shipment is being held. Uh, he said Bay 17, the Mandalorian relays. The minister thanks Sabine for her help, claiming she did a great service for her empire. I love this moment because, uh, as we've discovered already in these uh, first, you know, uh, two slash three episodes, mm. um, Chopper is about as rude as a droid can be. <laughs> so he for is, yeah. I, I, that's always been one of my favorite aspects of C three PO is that uh, he just likes whoever sides with him. Right, like yeah. he's very transparent about it. It's like, uh, oh, th- this this little droid is is clearly smarter than you because you know he agrees with me. <laughs> um, he's very self serving yeah. in that way, and I love it. Yeah, well, here's another case of you just mentioned Macquarie, and did you notice the Macquarie C three PO in the back? Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, it looked just like it too. Another another great little shot. Yeah, that that green and red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course. C-3PO, being how he is, he is uh, he was insulted, it seemed like, for yeah. being called an, an astromech. I'm like, whoa, I'm not an astromech, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the real thing here. Yeah. So, and, and of course, the, 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 the chemistry a little bit of, of Chopper and R2 and how these two are going to, I don't know if we're going to see them again, but it, it's interesting that they, they put this scene in here where R2 kind of just as C-3PO, like, hey, I, you know, there's a mission now here once again. He's on, R2 is on another one of these missions that, that C-3PO has no clue what's going on. He's just along for the ride, you know, but uh, we'll get there as to, as to what exactly is going on. Uh, yeah. the, the Imperials head for Bay 17, while Sabine slyly tells Ezra to go to the real location, Bay 7. The boy, frustrated that he's on a thieving mission and not a training to be a Jedi, reluctantly makes his way to base 7. He completes a series of uh, very long jumps that would be impossible for most. Together, in base 7, the group locates the cargo and opens one of the crates. Zebri coils at the site of the weapon they're stealing, T7 ion disruptors, uh, capable of short-circuiting an entire ship and banned by the Senate. Meanwhile, Tua finds base 17 to be empty and quickly becomes agitated. C-3PO, translating for Wabo, tells Tua that Base 7 is the correct location. The interpreter on the shuttle must have made a mistake, and the Imperials leave for Bay 7. Uh, Chopper tries to, as Chopper tries, tries to stall them. He again slams into R2, and the two have a small tussle. Tua is suspicious, however, and she realizes that Chopper was the droid that caused their translator to leave her side on the shuttle. 
to base seven double time she commands well kid you pulled it off was there ever any doubt yes before company comes. There is nothing here. Where are my disruptors? Yes, she said disruptors. Now hush. Kiss forbid do these. That's in forbid do. Apparently the cargo is in phase seven. So Amdubabo wonders why we are here. The girl told me 17. In Aquilish, a translator can easily confuse seven with 17 if she is an amateur. Well, there's no time to waste. Take us to Bay 7. Well, stall them! R2-D2, apologize. Wait. This is the C1 droid that caused our translator to... to Bay 7. Double time. All right, Mike, and what I liked about this part was, again, they focus on Ezra for a minute, and they're going to do this again later on, and give you little glimpses of, again, how powerful this kid is. I mean, he's jumping from, from tower to tower or whatever, or roof to roof, and for a normal person, this is a little too hard. And you see him kind of focus for a minute, mm-hmm. and he does this the, in the first episode. He did that as well, and he does it again later, where he, he kind of closes his eyes and focuses for a minute. And is able to do some some really crazy stuff, and and definitely the force is showing up. And then of course we get to the Tion ion disruptors that are. I mean, we're going to find out later, but definitely Zeb is 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 very concerned about this, and he's going to explain why in a few moments, and and we're going to get the the reasoning for that. But yeah, he's just like blown, like whoa, you know, this is this is a part of my past that. Uh, you can just see him kind of step back for a minute and kind of have a, a brief, like, what happened to him kind of goes through his head or whatever. But Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, the Ezra thing, too, like, it just jumped out to me that they're really focusing on this kid and showing us little by little how he's growing. And he hasn't had any Jedi training yet. That's what's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> he hasn't even got yeah. there yet, but we'll get there. Uh, anything in here, Mike, that you want to mention? Uh, no, I think you covered All it. All right, uh, Here, let's keep going. Uh, the Imperials arrive, and Wabo confirms that these are his disruptors. Zeb invites the stormtroopers to inspect his cargo, then changes his mind, taking on the entire squad himself. You want disruptors? You gotta come through me. Uh, the rest of the team loads the crates aboard the Ghost, and C-3PO and R2-D2 join them. Kanan tells Ezric to keep an eye on the Imperial droids, and Zeb, visibly disturbed, implores Kanan to consider not selling the weaponry. He'd rather take them out of circulation, period. Minister Tua contacts Agent Callus, reporting the theft. He recognizes their description. Meanwhile, Zeb boots Ezra from his quarters, enraging the team. He asks, uh, sorry, Hera asks Ezra to cut the Lasat some slack. The weapons they just stole were used to essentially wipe out Zeb's people. Stay out! You can't 
it's my cabin too. Ezra, come in here. Hera, Zeb's booted me from my own. No, but maybe you could cut Zeb a little slack today. Oh, the way he cuts me slack? Do you know what a T7 disruptor is? What it does to an organic being? Uh, no. Well, Zeb knows. Because it's what the Imperials used on his people when they cleared his homeworld. Very few Lasat survived, and none remain on Lasan. I, I guess I could cut him a little slack. Good man. And Mike, I'd like to know myself what a Teon Ion Seven Disruptor does to an organic form. I don't know that they've ever, they ever actually explained it, but I'm assuming that it does a lot of damage. <laughs> Essentially yeah. wiped out his whole his whole um, people, like like Ezra was, was explaining to or Sabine. Or, Hera was explaining to Ezra, and yeah. a nice little teaching moment there. Just you know, because these two already are having this kind of fun, but sometimes it gets a little crazy, uh, you know, uh, relationship. Where, mm -hmm. and we're going to get actually a lot of it more in the next episode, apparently. But um, we're seeing it here, and and she has to tell him what's going on and kind of chill out a little bit. But you know, in the beginning of this, when Zeb is fighting these stormtroopers, man, once again, these stormtroopers, Mike, they are terrible. I mean, they're they're shooting like point blank almost <laughs> at Zeb, and it's not, they're not even close. I'm like, wow. I mean, well, they are stormtroopers. <laughs> As Luke says yeah. in episode four, and you know, I think that this has a lot to do with why stormtroopers are so much worse than clone troopers. Because uh, the even the the phase two clone trooper helmets they still had the visor right yeah. I mean like the visor was a little bit reduced but but the eye holes were were larger on on them so they still had that center vision right but Luke says it in episode four he says you can't see a thing in this helmet yeah and I uh, you know that that I think that's what it comes down to I think that. <laughs> That they uh, they wanted something more intimidating looking, so they went for the eyes, um, and uh, and that probably does the trick most of the time, except for when these stormtroopers have to shoot. Um, <laughs> in which case, yeah. you know, bad. I think that's why you see you see I uh, uh, on scout troopers. Let me let me just bring up the scout trooper helmet real quick. Yeah, the scout troopers have the sunglasses, right? Like right. they got the they got the uh, the the. Uh, um, you know the highway patrol right. aviators. Like the, yeah, the aviator. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what. That's. I can't believe it took me that long to put that together. That's totally what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally what that shape is. Is like is is uh they they just they look like highway patrol. Yeah, look like Top Gun or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Top Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I so <laughs> yeah. These guys are kind of pathetic, but. <laughs> Then again, Terrible. Zeb is also totally awesome. So yeah, oh geez, and he's yeah. awesome, and we'll and we'll see some stuff too later on. And, yeah. and and another another one of these these callbacks to A New Hope is I, I don't know if you noticed this, as R two and C three P are walking um, during this blaster fight, they walk right into the path of the blaster fire, and just like A New Hope. Yeah. And, and so they're doing it again, where, you know. So I think C-3PO calls for R2, and they, they do that walk right in the middle of everything. Totally, a, a, I mean, they know what's going on, but they don't care. They're just walking right in. Of course, they get missed. and But it was a nice little nice little callback to A New Hope as well. So uh, mm -hmm. let's keep going here. Finally, they arrive on Lothal to meet Vizago. 
Zeb again expresses his dismay at selling the weapons, but Kanan wants to complete, uh, wants to complete, finish the job they agreed to. Left alone, C-3PO makes a distress call. It is rerouted to Agent Callus, and the protocol droid sends the ghost coordinates. Help is on the way, Callus says. Meanwhile, Visago is impressed with the weaponry and is eager to make the purchase. His attitude changes, however, with the arrival of Imperials. Uh, you were followed, he bellows. The gangster leaves with some of the disruptors, refusing to pay for half a shipment. The Empire begins their attack, airdropping ATDP walkers onto the surface. Kanan refuses to let the weapons fall into Imperial hands. He uses one disruptor to take down a walker, while Sabine and R2 set the crates to explode, taking another walker and stormtroopers with them. Callus and his troopers arrive, and the ISB agent commands Zeb to battle him. The Imperial fights with a bow rifle, the weapon of a Lassat honor guard. He claims to have removed it from one, of the, uh, from one himself when the Empire conquered Lassan. Callus fights well and is ready to finish Zeb, but it is not to be. Ezra, instinctively calling on the Force, or calling on his Jedi abilities, Force pushes the Imperial away from his friend. Uh, from his friend. Callus slams into a wall and falls to the ground unconscious. Kanan is shocked at Ezra's display of power and all make it safely onto the And I'll just talk over the scene, Mike. This is actually, obviously, you're hearing it right here, the scene where Ezra uses the force. And it's, again, one mm -hmm. of those scenes where you can hear the music playing in the background here. It's, uh, it's one of those scenes where they highlight and they, they just take a moment, just like they did last, uh, the last episode, Spark of Rebellion, when, when he actually uses the Force for the first time and he doesn't even know it. They did it again here where he, they kind of pause for a minute and they want you to focus on this. And he closes his eyes and he, and he yells no and, and this incredible use of the Force as he pushes Callus, which was going to kill Zeb uh, pretty easily. I mean, he had, yeah. look at Callus, look at Mike. I mean, this dude can fight, man. He knows how to fight. And he's yeah, he's taking he's on Zeb. He's taking on Zeb, yeah. and and of course he takes advantage of an explosion. But he was holding his own right there. So a really fantastic action scene. We got ATDPs, Mike. Our first uh, first um, uh, appearance of those. Uh, a great fight going on. Well, Everything. no, there was one. There was an ATDP in the first episode. Actually, it was in that first seven minute clip. As soon as the oh, spear yeah, breaks yeah. came out of the out of the tunnel, yeah, right? you're right, you're right. Um, and onto the onto the the, uh, the long stretch, um, but yeah, I mean, our first time seeing one in action for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, good point, good point. I forgot about that, but yeah, tons of stuff going on here. Bo Rapper, we find out, Mike, why Zeb uh, is so adamant about getting rid of these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, they they wiped out his people, but. Uh, Fantastic action scene here, and just highlighted by again that use of showing us uh, the progression of Ezra. And uh, like I said earlier, this guy hasn't had any any uh, Jedi training yet, so mm -hmm. um, he's going to get some real quick, though it sounds like. But uh, great scene here, I'm huh, like, <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean the 
the fight. I, I haven't had a chance to watch this one again since I watched it the first time. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually I shouldn't say that. Instead, I watched like four hours of Adventure Time on that because <laughs> um, I'm trying to get caught up on the show because I'm way behind. But I, I'm going to watch this again because I want to watch this this action sequence because um, yeah. man, uh, we might not have a lot of Jedi running around. To, to battle with lightsabers every episode. Um, I mean, we've got a couple, right. kind of, almost. <laughs> but <laughs> I, but we do have. I think we're gonna see these two clash a lot more mm-hmm. than we will see the Inquisitor and Kanan ca- clashing. Because mm-hmm. um, Callus, I mean, we get a little, we get a little bit of the the backstory here, right? Callus was one of yeah. Yeah, like he he was in command. He was he was the one who ordered the use right. of the 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 ion disruptors, right? Um, and we saw what the ion disruptor does to an ATDP, which like it did serious damage. Oh yeah. So yeah, you know uh, what's it gonna do to an organic? I can only imagine. I, I'm a, I'm I'm guessing it's something along the lines of pop. Um, yeah. <laughs> like explode. Yeah. Um, you remember that scene at the beginning of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh yeah. Where he he blows up the apple. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm imagine. <laughs> I'm, ima- I'm imagining yeah. something similar to that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. It, it's a. It's it's a pretty intense action scene. It's yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, and you know what? But uh, but it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, and not only are we kind of somewhat shocked at, at the power of Ezra, but so is Kanan. I mean, the look on his face, yeah. he just kind of had this look like, wow, you know, I, I really do have to, and he says that he'll say it here in a minute, he, he does have to start training him, you know, he's, he's got a lot of power, so he, seeing that Kanan is shocked, man, I can't wait to see what uh, what these guys do throughout this series and how powerful Ezra does become. Yeah, uh, you want to finish it up, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, Kanan decides to return the droids to their rightful owner, who offers payment in gratitude. After Kanan departs, C-3PO assures his master, Bail Organa, that he did not reveal his identity. R2 reports that he recorded everything that had transpired with the shipment and the ghost crew. They will focus on the Imperials later, Organa says. For now, he is curious to learn about these rebels. Thanks, mate. Appreciate the save. Wasn't me. It was Ezra. And Ezra, your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. very generous, sir. Well, I'm very fond of these droids. Then I'm glad we could return them. The simplest gesture of kindness can fill a galaxy with hope. Isn't that a Jedi saying? Safe travels, my friend. Safe travels. You didn't tell them my name. Of course I didn't, Senator Rogana. But this entire ordeal has rather stressed every one of my circuits. Permission to shut down? Granted. You recorded everything, old friend? Good. We'll focus on the Imperials later. For now. 
Show me what you have on your reverence. Uh, how about the end of that scene, Mike, when he's kneeling down in front of mm-hmm. R2, just like Leia did in A New Hope? I mean, again, how many how many times did they did they call back to another movie, another medium? It was just it was like the fifth or sixth time already, but. But it was great, though, man. What a what a great scene, and what a great way to end this thing. And and it was all part of this. I, I don't know. I guess it's a plan by by Organa that you know there's some rumblings about these rebels. Obviously, he wants to know about it. And uh, are we seeing like the beginnings of 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 some things to come, Mike? What do you think? Now, I I don't know. Like I think that the plan was I. Was to to get the disruptors. I think that that's why R two and three PO were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I think that this was just a coincidence or not. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as luck, right? But right. I, obviously, it's it's the will of the Force that R two and three PO be there, but and and bring these characters together. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that 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 was not the original intention. I don't think that that. That Bail Organa really had any idea that that he was going to be crossing paths with these characters. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's interesting to see how this will develop and uh, and how quickly we're getting into this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a little bit surprising that you know R two and three PO show up right in the second slash third episode. <laughs> I guess yeah. I, depending on how you look at it, but basically, I mean the first. The first full, like, regular episode, R2 and 3PO show up, and Bail Organa's at the end, and, like, rumblings of of yeah. the rebellion, right? right? Like, I mean, that is... That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. I mean, the, the only thing that could have made this more ridiculous is if Princess Leia would have been standing in the background, <laughs> right? But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, a, the, a, a fantastic second episode... Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, continuing to establish our great cast of characters, mm-hmm. um, uh, and dealing with with some some interesting and and uh, deep dark story. Yeah. Um, this whole idea that basically Zeb is, is maybe the last of his kind. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean that's a that's a that's a crazy thing. It explains why we haven't seen them in Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? right? It explains why there aren't a lot of Lasat running around in the previous movies. Why he's new, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, it's it, it, I I just this show astounds me how quickly out of the gate the characters are familiar mm-hmm. uh, and and it's comfortable. Yeah. and I think that so much of that. Is because it's so reminiscent of the original trilogy of, right. of a New Hope in particular. I mean, the color palette, the the designs, everything. It just looks like a Ralph McQuarrie painting, mm-hmm. and we've been. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I can't speak for everybody in the Star Wars community, but I think I can speak for the both of us when I say that we have probably spent hours, if not cumulative days looking at Ralph McQuarrie art, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it just over the years of, of flipping through Star Wars art books and making of and 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 all that sort of thing, um, the, the amount of time that we've spent with that artwork, with the, the artwork of that one man, uh, and his singular vision for Star Wars and, and 
um, what almost made it on the screen, and in some cases, what did make it directly onto the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we are so familiar with it that I think when you start throwing those characters in, that it automatically feels like home, mm-hmm. right? Like it just it feels good, oh, it yeah. feels comfortable. So, yeah. so I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think that 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 lends itself to to the show just being that much more familiar yeah but um but uh, yeah i love it i i love uh all of the nods i love the the progression of ezra's character yeah um i'm excited to see where that's going Mm um yeah and this was a very uh ezra and zeb focused episode i think um if not more so on zeb Mm -hmm. um but uh i i i really want to know more about kanan and, uh, and I really want to see more of his stuff. I think he's starting to be the standout character for me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that we're going to get anything right off the bat because we just had a new Dawn and we're going to get the comic book series. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But... No, I, I, I thought it was a, a great episode and uh, some, like you said, great callbacks. And I loved like the end of this too, where Kanan says to, to Bale, like he, he kind of like, wait a second, it, was that a Jedi saying you dis like, yeah. like he's he's recognizing it. So I think that we're gonna see these two uh and not that it's a big stretch, but I think we're gonna see these two uh meeting again and we're gonna start the formation of maybe some type of uh, friendship or some some communication, alliance, whatever yeah. you wanna call it. So I think this is just the beginning. So um yeah, but definitely great stuff. Uh we got some. Uh, we actually have a Facebook notification. Did you have any emails you want to get to? Or you just want to get to this notification? Uh, I think. I think we can just we can jump on this this uh, okay. Facebook one. Yeah. Yeah. This was um, this was done on Facebook over our last uh, episode when we were talking about um, Tarkin Town, and this is comes from uh, Facebook Michael Lucero, and he says, uh, "Hey, uh, Matt and Mike, I've been listening. Uh, I've been a listener to Clint Wars since last year when I started watching the show on Netflix. I love your work on both podcasts and both show, shows. However, I do want to offer a possible correction to your statement in this episode that Tarkin Town was named in order to show Tarkin's power in the galaxy. My impression was that this is a mirroring of the real life, actual historical makeshift encampments that sprang up in and around cities during the Depression." These camps were called Hoovervilles, named after Hoover, Hoover, who was a president at the, at the time. The common theme here is that both cases you have settlements of people who have been evicted from their former lives due to widespread misfortune and that they're named in a sort of ironic bitterness after the well-known leaders who their residents feel are responsible for the suffering. And Mike, you know what? He's exactly right. I mean, um, you talk about Hooverville. He's talking about... Uh, mm-hmm. President of the United States Herbert Hoover, and during the Great Depression, which he was sort of kind of blamed for because he was the president yeah. at the time, uh, they had these. They did have these camps that were set up. The were shanty towns, or they were built by homeless people, and they, yeah. and they were called Hooverville. So yeah, there's definitely a, a a connection there, and and he's right about that. The galaxy is kind of in a depression right now. The the the, the empire has taken over. And and this is what has become of it. And yeah. That's like what I said last episode. That's why there's so much rejoicing after episode six when the emperor's finally toppled because this depression is kind of over. So 
Well, I, I think what, what you're getting in Star Wars is, uh, because it pulls from so many historical sources, mm-hmm. you're getting a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and because they can go, because it's a galaxy, it's not a country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can say, well, this one part of the galaxy is definitely in a depression. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I think that when we look at Lothal, I think that, that Lothal, prior to... Um, prior to the beginning of rebels and and the uh, empire showing up in force on on the uh, on the planet i think that they probably were in a depression i think that that's but but it was probably an imperial enforced depression right like like what i would imagine is that i uh, you know 10 15 years prior they they you know, when the Empire came into power, they started blockading things, rerouting uh, resources, and really screwing with the economy, right? Screwing with, particularly in the Outer Rim, mm-hmm. uh, screwing with the economies of all of these planets for their own gain. Um, I, a New Dawn actually deals with that a little bit. So, mm. I, again, I recommend it to everybody. Um, if you If you don't have time to read it, Pick it up on audiobook and uh, and just listen to it as you can, yeah. but because um, it gives you a lot of insight into what the empire was up to in that in the dark times, right? Like in, in that time between episode three and episode four, um, and I think that the, these these Tarkin town, the Tarkin town settlement, is a great example of it. And it's it's this is one of the fantastic things about Star Wars is that we can we can understand this part of the story very quickly mm-hmm. because it is based in reality. Right. So, uh, when it comes out of reality, it's, it's that much more relatable. It's that much more grounded. Um, and we can sort of see it, uh, cause, cause I think what you're also seeing on, on Lothal is, is, uh, sort of the, the, uh, reaction to the depression, which, um, I, th- I think I, I don't know if it was the same thing for you guys. I think up here it was in Canada. It was called the New Deal, hmm. um, and it was like a government, I, I, sort of these government subsidies for uh, for uh, farmers and and business owners to help get them back on their feet, so that they could be you know uh, contributing members of society and, and get out of the depression to sort of uh, uh, turn the tide in that and i think that what you've got here is uh tarkin has created a scenario where a depression is going to happen right so that he can come in and say hey like we're gonna put a sign our fleet systems factory on lothal and and this is to help yeah right this is but really that's not the point like the point is they need more subjects to build starships for them so that they can expand their empire right Right. that's what it's really about they need a factory in the outer rim so that they can you know uh, uh, build ships and and uh, not have to ship them from quite as far Uh, so what they what tarkin has done is created an environment where lothal is going to be torn the majority of people are probably going to flock to the these factories for work because they have no other choice right right and then what like I, I think in future episodes we'll have to wait and see if this bears out, but I think you'll probably see conflict between the rebels and the people of Lothal, where some of them are definitely behind 
uh, what the rebels are up to. But, because, uh, you know, they're tired of being oppressed, they're tired of being told what to do. But there are also going to be people who just want to work. They don't care who they're working yeah, for. Right. They don't care what the Empire's agenda is. And, as, like, they don't care if their ships are being, that, that their manufacturing are being taken to other planets to wipe out entire races of people. They don't care. It's not their concern, right? Right. And I, I would be very surprised if that subject matter didn't come up at some point in this series mm-hmm. because that's very clearly what's going on. Just from these first uh, uh, three episodes of, of Rebels, I think it's very clear that that's what's happening. So. Yeah. Yeah, good insight. And, and thanks to Mike Lucero <laughs> for... For doing that on, on Facebook, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yes. definitely. You know, don't hesitate to uh, to contact us about any 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 questions on the show or any any insights yeah. or whatever you guys think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic because that's something that I don't think we would have touched on yet, right? Had he not written that in. So we love getting email like that. Yeah, um, where we can have a in depth conversation <laughs> about some more oh, Star yeah. Wars stuff that we may not have covered yet. Right. So Yeah, that was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Facebook yeah. or email, whatever you guys want to do, just yeah. definitely uh, hit us up and we'd love to hear from you guys. Next week, Mike, on Star Wars Rebels, it is entitled Fighter Flight and uh, basically it's about Ezra and Zeb while while on an errand, Ezra and Zeb steal an Imperial uh, Imperial vehicle. Here's a quick take. My fault. This is your fault. Don't go blaming this on me. Enough! This is my ship you're wrecking, and I want you off it. Hera, be reasonable. Come on, you know what he's like. Uh, what's this? A market list. The town of Kothal's two clicks to the south, and I'm sending you both on a supply run. With him? With each other. Oh, (laughs) don't even think about coming back without at least... One Meluron fruit. Clear? Clear. And it looks like, Mike, we're going to get a little more taste of, of these two. And and this is what I said earlier about these two. They have this, ever since the first episode, uh, they they kind of had, there's just something that these two love to kind of, love to hate each other a little bit, you know? And, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of, I, not, I don't want to say love, but uh, they kind of like each other, but... They like to hate each other too, so it's gonna be well, fun. Well, it's, it's that it's the family dynamic, right? right? Yeah. So they, these two are the brothers, right? Right. Because right? because uh, Hera is obviously the mom, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Kanan is the dad, right? And uh, and that that makes uh, Zeb, Ezra, and Sabine the kids. So right. like, there's yeah, a there's an older sister sort of uh, vibe that I get from Sabine. She definitely is kind of even. Right from the first moment that she meets Ezra, she's kind of looking out for him, right? She, What does she say? She says, right. good luck, you know, if, if the big one catches you, he's going to end you. Uh, and, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and so there's a, there's a dynamic going on there. That family dynamic is all throughout. Um, Chopper is kind of the, uh, the obnoxious, the crotchety old uh, grandpa. Oh, he's a grandpa, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the grandpa. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, they talk about him as the cat, but I, he seems more like the grandpa that just kind of walks around muttering to himself yeah to me but right uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah anyway. that's coming up next week uh fight or fly again yeah, yeah looking forward yeah. to seeing uh the chemistry and the and you know the relationship that these two are starting to form is like you said being uh big brother little brother so it'd be fun yeah uh absolutely. but that's it for this week mike we're done yeah that is it thank you guys for listening as always you can find us 
on the internet at www.rebelspodcast.com where Tim keeps it uh, fully stocked with all the latest news, video clips, uh, links, whatever there is for Star Wars Rebels. Tim keeps it up to date mm-hmm. over on rebelspodcast.com. So, so keep your eyes peeled there for all of the latest info. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter uh, at rebelspodcast. Um, and, uh, and, of course, as always, feel free to send in your email to rebelspodcast. Sorry. Uh, yeah, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, and we love to get email from you guys. We love to hear what you thought about the episodes. Uh, and uh, you can send in your emails. We will read them on the show. Yes. Um, but that's it for this week. So we will catch you guys next week for Fight or Flight. Yeah, see you guys next week. <laughs>